On today's Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I preview what can the Houston Texans do to improve, if anything, this roster at the trade deadline and the latest on Jared Patterson. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to this Tuesday's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To all of our new subscribers out there, first-time listeners or viewers, thank you for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe, like, comment to the Locked On Texans podcast, wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. And to all of our returning listeners, lending your ear uh, for another day. Thank you for returning as we continue to talk Texans. I am your Texans football analyst, John, some sports Scott Hickman. And I'm so glad I got him on the show with me today. Texas <laughs> insider, right? Looking at Cody M. Davis, your Sports Illustrator's own credential media member for the Locked on Texans podcast who covers the Texans every day. We're going to do a trade deadline preview. Should Houston shoot or should they pump fake and roll with the guys they got on their roster? think after Sunday, a lot of that perspective should change. More on the Texans and Panthers takeaways, but we're starting off today's podcast with some news. The latest on Jared Patterson. Cody, take it away. So as everybody knows, Jared Patterson was carted off the field during the Houston Texans 15-13 to 13 defeat to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. And to me, John, that was one of the most disappointing part of Sunday's game because you're looking at a situation where it doesn't matter what phase of the season the Houston Texans are in, the injury bug continues to hamper the offensive line. And according to Coach D'Amico Rhines, he phrased it that Patterson is dealing with a lower leg injury. And as of right now, John, I am being told do not expect Jerry Patterson to play quote unquote for an extended amount of time. And look, with 10 games left into the season, I'm not going to sit here and say that there might be a chance that Jared Patterson is out for the season, but I'm not expecting him to come back no time soon. Now, with that being said, I know a lot of people are looking at this as an opportunity for Juice Scruggs to finally be brought from injured reserve. This is a young man who was placed on injured reserve with a hamstring injury following the Texans preseason victory against the New Orleans Saints. We all thought without a shadow of a doubt he was just going to miss the first four games of the season. However, that has not been the case. And I was told that this hamstring injury might be a little bit more serious than what was originally put out there. And look, I don't know when we're going to see Juice Scruggs, but I am not anticipating seeing Juice Scruggs out there on the practice field for this upcoming week. When you take a look at the loss of, of Jerry Patterson, along with what's going on with Juice Scruggs, this offensive line is definitely going to take a step back moving forward. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the simple part about it. You lose a guy who was kind of rushed in to play that position, was thought to be a backup to both the center or guard position, but through eight weeks for the most part before going down with that injury, Jared Patterson was playing some good football as a rookie. Mm. And this is a guy that was thrown into the fire 
with a makeshift offensive line, week in, week out. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the party. Oh, okay. Next to Melissa. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Got you. Okay. <laughs> so, and he's a guy that was making it work with his inexperience as a rookie and the limitations on his game. And so, for him to go down for Houston, that's tough. That's number one. And then if you look ahead to the Tampa Bay game, right now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensively, they are just a tad bit better than the Houston Texans, only allowing 900, I'm sorry, 98.6 yards per carry on the ground. We know how much the Houston Texans struggle uh, running the ball, and they only allow 3.9 yards per carry. And this is a team that don't run the ball efficiently or, 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 or good. So and four touchdowns on the year on the ground as well. So losing juice is big. And now how can Houston kind of bounce back and move around? I think you got to get your best guys out there. And to do that, okay, kill me if you want. Slander me if you want. But the Titus Howard and left guard experience should end. This offensive line needs that the anchors. They need their best guys at what they are best at. Michael Data can step in at center, which is what happened on Sunday. For Houston right now, uh, Kendrick Green is on IR. Now that Jared Patterson is on IR, the only other backup at this time for the Texans, I believe to be uh, Josh Jones. Mm -hmm. And I understand he's not the best, but we saw this team go up against with a makeshift offensive line in week three, I believe. We saw this team, week four. We saw this team go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints defensive front. And Bobby Slork, which I think a big reason why I was giving him a lot of flack on uh, for Monday's show, found a way to scheme up a good way to protect his quarterback. Uh, and I think right now that's the biggest thing. The run is just not going to happen. And I say move Titus Howard back to left to right to right tackle because if you're not getting the benefit of him being able to get to the second level, which is what you really want your guards to do in terms of being able to maybe chip down and go up to the next level, combo block, go up to the next level. If there's no benefit in that, then moving back to the right tackle position. And since he's returned back to play left guard, if we're honest, how many opportunities have we seen Titus Howard get to the left to the next level? Not many. So moving back, um, you have Data who can step in at center. You have Josh Jones who was not good at right at left guard, excuse me, but you move him there. And I think for Houston, just get their best guys out there to protect your quarterback and and whatever possible way you can get a decent run attack going. This news sucks. And mm. looking at at Juice Krugs, I can't help to say to myself, okay, how much more serious was this injury? And He's been out since preseason, 10 weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This is a team that I think when you look at the amount of bodies that they brought in on that offensive line, this is what they tried to prepare for. However, Kendra Green going down, Gary Patterson going down, this is something I think is very difficult to navigate around. This is going to be something that throughout this entire week, how can we get help from our tight ends on the edge? How can we get that help whenever we do need to go through to an inside run how can we get help from our linebackers, not linebackers, our, our tight ends and our fullbacks? How can we get that assistance? What, how can we game plan up an offensive game plan that can help us get the ball to the red zone and eventually score touchdowns? Uh, a very difficult challenge going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, again, 
The front four and their front seven has made it difficult for teams to run on them. One of the best in the league, top 10 in the league right now, rushing defenses. Not necessarily a big sack team right now. I think they sit around maybe 15 or 16 so far, so in the middle of the pack. But as we've seen, we go back to this Panther game, the Texans have allowed, and Atlanta have allowed teams to kind of maximize on some of the things that they don't necessarily do well. So we saw Atlanta be able to come in here and maximize on some of the Like uh, your boy um, Desmond Ritter threw for 300. I don't think he's done that since. <laughs> uh, the, the Panthers won the game. They hadn't done that before they played the Texans. It's going to be a tough week for Houston. And I think Jared Patterson going down is, is, is when we look back on this, on, this, on this year, we can say, man, Jared Patterson really hurt that injury because of how consistent he was for this offensive line, which is something that they have not had the benefit of having outside of Patterson and Shaq Mason. Before moving on, I do want to play this quick clip from D'Amico Ryans, who talked about the importance of Jerry Patterson. By the way, he is one of two offensive linemen who has not allowed a sack. The other one is Titus Howell. However, that sack says more about Jerry Patterson because he was the only one up until this injury who was available for the Houston Texans' first seven game. Patterson, speedy recovery, my guy. I'm hoping we see you at some point towards the end of the season, but as of right now, I would not bet on it. Jared is, I mean, he's been a rock for us there in the middle through a lot of guys moving in and out, a lot of new groups in and out each week. Jared has been that consistent guy in the middle, and he's done a great job what we asked him to do. When they talk about a smart guy who stepped in, was able to communicate, right, get guys in the right spots. We have put a lot on our center. So for him to step in and didn't play much of that throughout the training camp, but for him to step in and just the communication aspect of it, you kind of you forget that he's a rookie because he's settled in and he's done some really good things for us. So hoping the best for him. Before we move on to talk about more takeaways from the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans game from this past Sunday, I got to be honest with you guys. I got a baby coming into this world. Things are going to change. Uh, we're going to have to change a diaper and get some food in the house. <laughs> and you know what? With this Houston weather right now, I'm not necessarily thinking about moving around too much. So, DoorDash is going to be my friend. And let me tell you something right now. DoorDash has always been my friend. On Sundays when I don't feel like leaving the house, but I still want some wings to watch, uh, to eat while I watch the football game, DoorDash. Uh, whenever my mom comes over and she's asking what I'm cooking, but I just worked a long day and I don't feel like getting in the kitchen, DoorDash. And right now, get 50% up, uh, get 50% off up to 10% value when you spend 15 or more dollars on your first DoorDash order. Just download the DoorDash app into promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3-23, LOCK-23, and watch the savings roll in. Again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app into promo code LOCK-23 and watch the savings roll in. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. So as Cody now look at more takeaways from the Texans-Panthers game this past Sunday, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk on, uh, talk about from that game. And guys, listen, some of y'all may not like the fact that I think 
Bobby Slug was the main cause for concern this past Sunday. <laughs> by no means am, am I calling for his job. Not no means, not even close to yeah, that. Yeah, please cut that out. That is not so even ridiculous. close to that. But I'm calling the spade a spade. Bobby Slug, I believe, is the main reason in his play calling why this team lost. So a couple of things. Number one, John Mechie only ran one route Sunday. John Mechie only saw seven snaps Sunday. Xavier Hutchinson only saw five snaps Sunday. I have a big problem with that, especially if at the time of the game, the guys that you have out there aren't necessarily doing the best of jobs to get open or to make plays. This is a team that I think outside of Nico Collins, who is your number one receiver for this team, this is a team that could benefit from multiple guys getting opportunities on the field. And also look at that as a as an opportunity to attack a team that doesn't necessarily have as much film on a player. John Mitchell has pretty much caught all of his – I think he's only not caught one pass this year of all of his targets. And I think Xavier Hutchison, also because of how you used him the previous game before your mm-hmm. bye week, was a guy that I was looking forward to seeing more um, and getting more opportunities. Nico Collins and Tank Dale both saw over 80% uh, soft coverage on most of their routes this, this past Sunday. And another thing with Tank Dale, I'm not seeing a lot of guys. I wanted to see more whip routes. I wanted to see more drag and crossing routes uh, from Tank Dale. That's one of the things that when Houston drafted him, I looked at him being an X factor in that role because the size and everything, I'm not necessarily expecting for him to beat teams deep early on in his career. But how I look at the Detroit Lions and how Ben Johnson has used St. Brown, a lot of that, I'm going to take you from one side of the field and drag you across you all the way another to the other side of the field. And at some point, you're going to be able to find a hole in that zone to catch a ball and get open. With Tankdale, speed and his shiftiness and how he can make plays with the ball in his hands, hadn't seen a lot of that. And him getting it off coverage on Sunday really, really bothers me. Uh, not necessarily because – He's the number one receiver on this team. That's not why. But he's a guy that I really believe can be an X factor for an offense that will need sparks at times. So that's that's number two. And Texans first down play calling. Runs on first downs. 15 play calls for 51 yards, three-point yards per play. This is what I mean for, for Bobby Sloyd to release the identity that you really wanted to start this season off with. Hmm. Look in the mirror and say, you know what? What I thought we was going to be able to do here in town is not necessarily what we're able to do. However, how we've won games is what I need to lean on, and it goes back to one thing. Give C.J. Stroud the ball and let him cook. Thank you, John. And that's where I want to talk. And that's where I want to look at my biggest takeaway from this game. First and foremost, look, I understand it. I get it. Coming into rookie minicamp, OTAs, training camp, preseason, and even let's say the first two games of the regular season, nobody could have imagined. C.J. Stroud looking this good to start his career. 
And I understand when you take a look at what the Houston Texans did in their rushing attack last year, headlined by Damian Pierce, and we all thought that Damian Pierce was going to continue that phenomenal play for this upcoming season without a shadow of a doubt. You wanted to make sure that you don't put too much on your rookie quarterback, and you wanted to make sure that you establish yourself as a run first team as a rushing team. So so that way you can give CJ Stroud enough time to develop, go through his progressions, go through his learning curves. So that way he could be in a better position at the end of this season, at the start of next season. Like I get all that. I understand. And I think we was all on board. However, John, seven games into the season, not only has this rushing attack has been bad, but 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 two and most importantly, CJ Stroud has proven time and time again that he is ready for more responsibility. And look, I understand it. When we did our recap show, I did say that CJ Stroud looked out of sync with his team. And I still believe that to a certain degree. However, there is no way in the world. C.J. Stroud, a healthy C.J. Stroud, should finish the game with only 24 attempts, especially when you consider their best offensive drive came when you let the young man air it out. And what took place when you allowed him to air it out? They scored 17 plays, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Wait, wait, what was that last, what was that last stat you gave? 17 plays. Mm Mm-hmm. Nine minutes eating off the clock, mm-hmm. 92 yards, and a touchdown. And every time we go back and take a look at the other games that you let C.J. Stroud air it out, he go out there and have 30-something attempts, 40-something attempts. That's when the Houston Texans are at their best. C.J. Stroud even talked about it. In order for them to be – the explosive offense that you want them to be, you got to go out there and utilize your weapons and utilize your playmakers. John, in my opinion, I truly do believe after what you saw in the second half against the Indianapolis Colts, that should have been the moment where Bobby Sloyd and everybody else on that coaching staff say, you know what? We definitely got to give CJ Stroud more responsibility. And look, All last week, we talked about how this game against the Carolina Panthers was going to be a quote-unquote trap game. Remember that? But to me, the trap kind of came within Bobby Slug and the offense itself. Why? Because we are looking for the fourth consecutive week where the Texans were coming off a game where the Russian attack looked pretty good. It looked pretty good against the New Orleans Saints. And it looked pretty good against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what did they do the following week in the loss against the Atlanta Falcons and the loss against the Panthers? They put too much trust in a rushing attack and you end up losing by a field goal. When I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, if you just go out there and trust your rookie quarterback, who I guess at this stage in his career, at least for this season alone, he is definitely a top 12 quarterback in this league, given how well he has played. Why not utilize your weapons? It's easy, especially considering the guy that you thought coming into the season was going to be your offensive weapon in Damian Pierce. Don't know if he's having 
a hard time getting adjusted to getting adjusted to this um run scheme. Don't know if there's something going on off the field that he is keeping probably private, but he is definitely going through a sophomore struggle. I'm not saying abandon the run as a whole, but John, what, what was that stat you gave on first downs? You call 15 running plays. That cannot be the case when you have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. Give him more opportunities. Give him more responsibilities. And I guarantee you the Texans will be able to go out there and put 30 points on the board, 25 points on the board. And we know this because we've seen it. Go out there, trust your quarterback, trust the offensive weapons that you built around him, and you will not get in this situation. Because, look, we still believe in that the Texans are going, are going to be able to go on a playoff run, but it's games like this, like the Atlanta Falcons game, like the Panthers game, where you look back and we're going to say, man, those losses definitely hurt this team. And for Houston this past Sunday, I think when you look at how the – Sticking with the run really hurt this team. The Texans had four drives with four or less plays. Mm. Four. The Texans had a total of three, four, five, three, two, five, five. Seven drives with only five, at at the max, five plays. Mm. Now, when you look at the two drives that the Houston Texans scored on, One was a 17-play drive. One was a 12-play drive. Both of those drives took up seven or more minutes. One started on the Houston's eight. The other started on the Houston 25, and they both led to touchdowns. And during both of those drives, you saw, especially the first one, C.J. Stroud get active. And C.J. Stroud did mention that. He said that I'm not playing. I'm not saying that I'm playing terrible, but I'm not making the plays I want to make. And I do agree to that to a certain extent. We've got to be explosive like we want to be. We've got to take some shots and be more explosive and make some more plays downfield. We can't let them dictate to us. That's me getting trust, getting more trust from the coaches. Let me say that part one more time. Mm. That's me getting more trust from the coaches. We have the talent to be explosive. We've shown, if not top five, top ten to be a top ten offense. We can do it. We've got to call it, and we've got to run it. That's why we haven't been consistent. Bobby Sluick, Coach Bobby Sluick, has done a great job calling it. Hopefully, we'll start being a little bit more explosive. And I think that is uh, uh, not a shot, by the way, but I think that is a call for from CJ to say, let's do some of the things that I was comfortable doing at, at Ohio State. And that's getting the ball in the air a little bit more. Well, I'll tell you this. Bobby Sluick, over these first six games, the one thing I've been raving about is the fact that he is a coach that listens to his players. So I'm expecting to see a change Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Let me go ahead and. Let me get let me get active. Make me a new account on FanDuel. <laughs> if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, then there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. And if you are new to the Locked On Texans podcast, thank you for sticking around. Thank you all of you guys for sticking around as we continue to talk Texans um, on this Tuesday. So I'm looking at Xavier Hutchinson and John Mechie only combining for 12 snaps on Sunday. And if we're looking at the trade deadline preview, I think it's safe to say that for Houston, there are some areas of concern that if this team was serious about making the playoff push, mm. and again, guys, it would be smart for Houston to make a playoff push because their pick, <laughs> where does it go? Arizona, which yeah. I'm still happy about, by the way, because yeah. Will Anderson Jr., he is part of the reason why John Grenard is on the verge of a career. career yeah. Let's yeah. just say that. Sacks are not the only stat that determine Will Anderson Jr.'s success. I just wanted to throw that out there once again because I saw some people on the X platform, formerly known as Twitter, say that the Texans have not gotten a good return back on that trade package. But I believe the opposite. And so here's the thing about Will Anderson really quick. I think that what he's doing is helping benefit the other guys, especially interior. We saw Malik Collins get active on Sunday. I think between Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson, they really did help out the interior D tackles. Back to the trade deadline. Between John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson only getting 12 snaps. And at this point, I am concerned with John Mechie. Um, at the beginning of the year, Nick Casario did mention that it's going to take roughly about eight weeks to see John Mechie get into full strength. And uh, a comment was made while I was in a Texan space earlier about, I forgot who made it, about players returning back from some form of cancer, mainly leukemia, and how it really does take a, a full year to get them in the swing of things. And this is after John Mechie missed a lot of time due to his Alabama injury. So I'm wondering if they would rather at this point benefit from moving John Mechie down to the practice squad maybe and trading for a receiver that can help this team take the top off of defense and stretch the field. Uh, because if you're if he's available, but if you're not going to use him, then I think it, it may be more beneficial excuse me, uh, to have him still going through reps, still going through practice, still going through all of that. But when it comes to game day, having somebody out there that can be more suitable to assist this offense in scoring points. And I am concerned with how they've used him. It may not necessarily be John Mechie, but it has to be something there. So with this trade deadline preview, guys, I'm number one still sticking to trading for a <laughs> running back. I don't care how y'all feel, especially after the last couple of weeks. I know Houston still wants to look at doing a run by committee. But at this point, guys, Again, I'm calling the spade a spade. The, the running backs that they have in this running back room as of right now, and I think along with how the offensive line is not able to get to the second level consistently, but I think a change needs to happen. And I'm still sticking with Davin Cook. I know a lot of you guys are like, he's washed. He's no longer the guy. What I like about the idea of Davin Cook in Houston, Davin Cook has experience in this style of offense. And I like Dalvin Cook as a receiving back over the two backs that Houston has on his roster. And with that being said, you know one of the things that I wanted to see? I wanted to see them call some screenplays for Damian Pierce, and that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, again, he's better when he's at the second and third level. If it's not coming by run, try it out during pass. 
I still think Houston needs to trade for a running back, and I'm looking at the wide receiver position, and I'm thinking to myself, the production outside of Nico Collins, who at this point is having a career year, just hasn't been consistent. And I think some assistance would help that team take off and get to another level offensively. I know CJ wants to take more shots down the field. That's what he did at Ohio State. I know he wants to do it in the NFL where everybody else is doing it. Help him help y'all. But how about this? You know, I I still don't know how I feel about the Texans trading for a running back. I still don't know about that. But, John, let me me throw this at you. And I know you'll love this. There's a wide receiver that's expected to wear a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey on Sunday. His contract is up. This is clearly his last year. And he's clearly getting chopped around as we speak. Should the Houston Texans just go out on a limb and trade for your boy, the hometown boy? Should he? Should he? The hometown man? Yeah. Um. Well, as long as the price is right. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think Tampa Bay is is is. Let me look at this division really. Because quick. right now they're riding a three game losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. Tampa. Yeah. Let's see what Tampa is doing right now. Tampa is currently. The ninth spot over in the NFC. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons is actually winning that division. So if Atlanta's in a, in a spot where they're just like, you know what, let's just go ahead and blow it up. I think I'd rather look at Chris Godwin than Mike Evans. Really? Yeah. That's a shocker. I mean, Chris Godwin is younger, I, I, correct? I like, I, like, I like Godwin. I really do like Godwin. But here's the um, thing. Mike Evans brings more of the outside threat. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm look, I'll be happy with either or, but I don't see the Bucks trading Godwin, especially considering that Mike Evans, and Mike Evans is the guy that we're referring to, by the way, when we were talking about the hometown man, um, because, you know, he, he's a lot older and, well, he's a few years older. And like I mentioned, his contract with the Bucks is up. And I won't be surprised to see him move later on today. But, John, at first I was set on the Texans not really making a move today at the deadline. By the way, the deadline is set for today at 3 p.m. Um, our time, um, 4 p.m., Eastern time. So it's going to be a lot of move moving over the next couple of hours, um, depending on when you guys hear this podcast. However, due to the injury of Jerry Patterson and the uncertainty surrounding Juice Scruggs, I will think if there is any position that the Texans need to go out there and see if they can upgrade and see if they can get a little bit more aggressive, that's trading for a center. And look, I understand. And I also think linebacker too. Oh yeah, yeah, and and linebacker, which, 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 you know that I'll let you take that if you want to, you know, talk about that. But for me, I just think this offensive line we have seen both the good, the bad, and the ugly. And me personally, I believe that Sunday's performance was the ugly, and that was with Jerry Patterson playing you know, majority of all the snaps. Now you take him out, a guy that Coach D'Amico Ryan's described as the rock because he was so stable going out there playing every single snap for the first seven games. I'm not too sure what we're going to see out of Michael Dater. Um, He is a guy that, you know, the only true experience he has 
playing the center came, I believe, in 2021 when he was with the Miami Dolphins, where he played 546 snaps. But even then, he wasn't the best. I just think if you can go out there and and and, and trade for a center and add him to this offensive line unit, and John, you know, throughout this whole entire season, um, I was big on keeping George Fan at right tackle. However, I'm I'm going to go ahead and agree with you now. I think it's time for you to go ahead and move um, Titus Howell back to his natural position. Of course, at left guard, you got to put Josh Jones out there, which, by the way, Josh Jones better at left guard than he was at left tackle. So that's an upgrade, to say the least. But I think the Houston Texans have to make sure that they go out there and try to do something with that offensive line, but especially more so at center, getting the, given the injuries that they are dealing with as of right now. Because, look, Last segment, we talked about them, you know, trusting CJ Moore. Yesterday, we talked about how CJ, you know, wants to improve at going through his progressions, going through his going through his read. I gave you all the stats on yesterday. You know, given the inefficiencies of this offensive line, he um had a time to throw of 2.5 versus when he was really out there balling through those first, through those previous four games, he had a time to throw of like 3.1, 3.2. The offensive line needs to make sure that they give C.J. Stroud more time, and that means you need to make sure that you go out there and put your best starting five out there, and I'm not too sure they're going to reach that potential with Michael going out there as Jerry Patterson slash Scott Quisenberry slash <laughs> Juice Scrubs replacement at that position. Christian Harris played 16% of the snaps, only 11 snaps on Sunday, one pass deflection, no tackles, no no nothing. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder what's going on with that situation. Uh, he came out hot. I want to say it was the uh, Panthers game. Where, not the Panthers. The Steelers game where I was really impressed with him. That was but the day he then, had um, a career high. I think it was like 14 tackles, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Then he since had another game regressed. where he kind of um, scratched the surface of that. But go ahead. No, I'm saying since, since those – and then you're right. It was, it's like back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. We play good. Since then, he's regressed. I know that he had that injury that he's working through. But this linebacker group is thin. And if it ain't Blake Cashman, you got the rookie Henry Toto out there. You got Christian Harris, who has been a roller coaster of a player in terms of consistency. I definitely think Houston needs to do something with this linebacker room. If they are serious about making a play, <laughs> making a run at the playoffs. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texans podcast wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.